Hey, duels, and welcome back to another episode of the Romantically Lit Podcast featuring two undercover hopeless romantics who <laughs> kiki and review different Black romance novels from across the diaspora. I'm Hannah. And I'm Odelia. And on this week's episode, we sunset. Yes, we sunset. This was a short one, y'all. Um, I'm, I'm afraid. <laughs> Um, an anthology by an author who is not new to this podcast, and her name goes by Bolu Babalola, Love in Color. Today, we'll be discussing the last short stories that were written in a reimagined tale of classical mythologies from around the world, including a very special tale about how her, the author's parents met, which I thought it was a very cute addition to the whole short stories vibe. Uh, but if you find that this is not your type of tea, it's not your type of read, please head over to your favorite audio streaming platform. And listen to our equally romantic books that we reviewed in the past, such as Ebony Liddell's Love Radio or A.E. Valdez's Three Kings Story, Part 1, Snow King Catches a Snowflake, as well as Part 2, Eve's Winter's Eve, <laughs> Then, Now, and Always. See, I was trying to remember it from the top of my head. <laughs> um, and as always, in this love shack of ours, we call our Let Call Podcast, we welcome all different types of love tropes. And we know for a fact that we reviewed something just for your liking. And on that note, Giddy up, giddy up, let's go. You know, because we're in act two right now. So everything has to be surrounded around cowboys. I don't think we've gone a podcast episode without you mentioning Beyonce. Not true. We can tally it up. Not true. Anyways, guys, let's take it away. Welcome back, as my very, very time-conscious co-host stated. Um, she rushed me a little bit so we can get this out today. I'm um, all about efficiency. She's all about steak. I was enjoying my dinner. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, I was. Okay. But let's get into the short stories. Love and Color by Bolu Babalola. Um, as Hannah mentioned, this is going to be our last episode on this book. We hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have enjoyed revisiting it. Um, I will say I do, though my favorite stories are from the first half of the book, I really am a modern girly, I think. So I do enjoy yeah. the stories in the second half a little bit more. Um but yeah, but they were they were really good. Again, just to revisit, but we're gonna kick off now and let you know which ones I learned and which ones I didn't. Um, but yeah, and uh, next week we're gonna. I'm so excited. I'm mentioning it at, at the beginning of the podcast. Next week we will be reading a love song for Ricky Wilde by Tia Williams. Y'all know how much I love Miss Tia, so. <laughs> Hannah's face. I wish y'all could see it right now. Um, I am so excited to read this book. I think I mentioned it last week. I I forgave her for the perfect find. Um, I'm not forgiving Netflix though. Um, <laughs> I forgave Keith Powers though. I did forgive Keith Powers. Um, but I'm I'm really excited for this book, and I just know she's gonna she's gonna she's gonna wow me. Hannah on the other side, she's just like. Let's calm down. What if you hate it? Well, I'm I'm just gonna stay indifferent. I try not to get super excited over uh-huh. over books. I I just try to you know keep calm and you know read the content and judge for myself. 
Okay, so you're not excited to read? I'm very yeah. excited to read Tia Williams, 100%. I love the girl. I just have to be calm about it because sometimes when you increase your expectations, you get walk, you get disappointed. You know what I mean? So let's keep everything <laughs> nice and calm. Okay. So, so you're not excited to read. You're not excited to read This Could Be Us by Candy Ryan. I am excited to read This Could Be Us. So then but Candy Ryan has never failed me. You see, you see the difference? <laughs> You've only read one of her books, though. What if I you know for a fact. I know for a fact that she used the same formula for all her books. She told you that? The way she messages me all the time. And <laughs> let's get into this book. Beyonce checks up on me. She knows my, she has my number. <laughs> do you know that from Rolling Roy? I do. <laughs> That's what she sounds like. Um, but Anyhurst, Anyhurst, let's get into it. So back to not Kennedy Ryan, not <laughs> Tia Williams, but you know, we're we're back in the UK technically. We have got to go somewhere else very soon. <laughs> we have got to leave America. We have got to leave the UK. We've also got to leave. I mean, this book we kind of went a little bit of everywhere, but like author wise. Um, but the first book or first short story we're discussing this episode. We last time we saw the characters in this book, as I normally say, we were discussing Miss Psyche, who was giving us ugly Betty vibes, um, dating what's his name, Arrows. Mm-hmm. Yes, so her and Arrows run into the sunset together. Um, and now we're focusing on Naleli. I loved this story. Yeah, I absolutely loved this story. Like, uh, I love this story. Okay, <laughs> three times. Um, I I enjoyed reading this story, and actually rereading it puts it on it puts it on top of Yay! one of my favorite short stories from um the anthology. Okay, at the end of this episode, we have to rank, I don't know how many stories we read in total, but let's say our top five. <laughs> our top five out of all the stories? Okay, fine, that's easy. Yeah. I think I already okay, have it. Top ten. The thing is, Odilia, you don't know how to, you just don't know how to measure anything. So I'm just going to say top five and we move on. Okay, we'll try top five. Well, not we'll try, it's just going to be straight up top five. Because right, top right, right. makes no sense. There's no point of rating if you're gonna do a top ten. You get me? No, I don't get you. It's fine. It's fine though. It's fine. Anyways, back to Naleli. We are in Lesotho, correct? We're not in South Africa. Yeah. Um, we're in Southern Africa, but we yeah, but not we're in South Africa though. And Lesotho is one of the countries, is it not? That's inside, technically. Yep. Surrounded by land. South Africa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right inside. Um, so anyway, so Naleli is a 18, 17, 18 year old girl. Yeah, who... I think she's she's in her last year of high school. Everybody, yeah. everyone's graduating. We thank God. <laughs> you know what I mean? We thank God <laughs> to be removed from the shenanigans of being in high school. And of course, in this book, it 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 takes me back to like, damn, like when we were kids, people were rude. Like I I I forgot how mean children are or like younger mm-hmm. adults are so of course we start off with the book and there is a party a, you know a pool party happening you know everyone's excited they're going to go to university college some of us are going to work for our father's company some of us are going to be deadbeats you know what i mean like some of us are going to be sugar babes some of us are going to be sugar babes but in this moment <laughs> we're all coming together and we're just celebrating um you know just finishing 
four arduous years in high school. We meet our sweet, sweet girl, uh, Nelly, and from what it seems like immediately, because she's covered up, like she doesn't like to show her body, she doesn't like to be the center of attention. And the reason is because she unfortunately um, developed vitiligo at, I can't remember what age. Like 13. Yeah, 13. Came with puberty. Yeah. yeah. And of course, that made her extremely insecure. And being in high school with a lot of popular kids and mean girls, I can see how that can make you want to cover up and not be part of any society, any group at all. Okay, because listen, this is what I don't understand. Um, because I think of Winnie Harlow and she talks about her experiences going to school and like dealing with bullying because of her vitiligo. And I'm just always like, I don't know, maybe because I'm just a, a better person than some of you, because like, why did you feel the need to pick on somebody else for that, for something like that? Even if you don't understand it, you'd be like, okay. Like, even the questions they were asking that lady was weird. Like, do you consider yourself black? Like, hello? That was so <laughs> ignorant. Like, I want to make a machine that can simultaneously slap all of you. That is so ignorant. I was like, did what you not see her when she black? was younger? Is she not black? Does she not have two black parents? She's blacker than some of you. Uh, mm -hmm. Worked her biracial lounge, but... um. That's all I'm gonna say on that. Okay, she she's blocking this on you. Yeah, I just think it's it's very strange. It's very strange the questions they were asking. Like, does it? Well, does it hurt? I mean, fine. Okay, but again, some of them got real strange real quick. I can't. Again, like, are you? Do you consider yourself black? But uh, or no? They said, can you even call yourself black? And I was like, um, yes. But anyways, to begin with that, that kind of starts where where she begins to feel bullied as they go into secondary school is where her and her childhood friend, whose name is leaving me, Hana. <laughs> oh, her, her childhood best friend, um, Nkosi? Kosi? Nkosi, Kosi. Nkosi, Kosi. So he, uh, he's, they grew up. Her mother worked in his mother's hair salon. Mm -hmm. So they grew up together, spent copious amounts of time together. Of course, of course, you know, uh, secondary school comes around, puberty comes around. She's going through what she's going through. He grows up into what is described as a very handsome boy who's very charismatic. And so it's easy for him to become make more even more friends in um high school. Mm -hmm. On top of that, he's head boy. And he seems to be having a little something, something going on with head girl. I can't remember my girl's name, but I don't even yeah. want to remember. Kosi and Kia, they go together. Kosi and Kia. Kia? Kia. Yeah, yeah. Kia. So Kia is head girl, Kosi is head boy. And obviously, mm -hmm. anyone who went to any of those um, British affiliated schools, they, they were like the top ranks. You know what I mean? Like you had the prefect, mm -hmm. but they were the top. They were the top dogs. Um, so of course, like they had a social currency that everyone wants to be part of their circle. Everyone's, you know, this and that. Um, I just had a so memory. <laughs> okay, well, whatever you had going on, we're gonna ignore that for right now. But essentially, in the book, <laughs> in the book, um, where it starts when they start stop being friends again, she mentions that they were really close. Yeah. Their high school comes along. They have separate groups of friends and like she has 
this stuff going on that she has going on as well in life. He's a cool guy. People gravitate to him, whereas people more so talk to her because of her like friendship to him. Yeah. Um, and she notices and the girls ignore her and the boys don't seem that interested in her. Only her bestie, whose name also is slipping my mind. Um, I uh, promise you I read this. Letcha? Letcha? Something along the yeah, line. Letcha. 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 Like yeah. Oh, in the in the audiobook, it's Letcha. Because, uh, yeah. Letcha. That's what I remember. So she, she they, the way they describe her is she kind of like, she she kind of like she's beautiful she's confident in herself so she doesn't really have a social group she fits in wherever and because of that luckily Naleli benefits from that because people normally won't try her when she's there but so 13 they kind of grow far apart they really try and work on it by like 15 on his 16th birthday they're kind of withering out but he like invites her to his house for his 16th birthday party and he bring, she brings her best friend, Lecha, and he's really happy to see her. And he's like, wasn't he like, there's no party if Nalili doesn't come to the party? Yeah. And he even like convinces her to do like a little uh, dance routine that they did when they were kids. Yeah. Which I was like, I don't care how, I don't care who you are, I would never. But anyways, <laughs> it's cute. It's whatever. And then of course, we teach girls to be in competition with each other. <laughs> over men because why do you walk over talking about oh I could help you with your makeup your brown spots I think we're the same foundation at least your brown spots are I think you're ugly inside out how about that one how about that yeah (laughs) just so she essentially tells the lady that she pities her her jealousy knowing that Kosi likes her yeah tells Nalili that she thinks that Kosi pities her and she even though she knows that they like each other she shouldn't think anything's gonna come from it because he clearly has eyes for her being Kia and he pities her and that's why he invited her today and any other day and like you know she just says a bunch of other unnecessary things that really hurt Nelly to the core so then she pulls her best friend and is like we gotta go at the same time though her and Kosi had been having a good time so when he's like where are you going he's like she's just like we should stop trying to force this friendship like it's dead like Mm -hmm. you know it is what it is and and he kind of gets defensive because she says like your friends are assholes and in his mind he's like if you think my friends are assholes that means you think I'm an asshole because I hang out with those people Mm -hmm. and listen if it moves like a duck quacks like a duck (laughs) No, I'm kidding. And it is a duck. <laughs> like, no, feather flock together, and it's and he didn't recognize that then. But then, of course, yeah. as we move through the book, through the story, rather, he says, like, you know, you go, you kind of right. Those were thick heads right there. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but of course, you, sometimes you just need time to recognize the people that you're surrounded by are not there for your best interest i'm pretty sure they're only there because he's head boy and he's cool yeah. and like he's athletic and i don't know and she he says something that i was like oh stupid boy like his intentions were pure but the words were bad because uh-huh. she says uh like she 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 knows she's like they don't they think i'm weird because of how i look uh-huh. and instead of saying you know ignore them you are perfect the way you are you are beautiful he says i don't care about the way you look (laughs) 
it's like you know oh. <laughs> there is a there's a Netflix show you guys called Love is Blind and there's a particular couple um one is a football team another one rhymes with Timmy and <laughs> The the one whose name is like a oh, football Jimmy team. Oh, Jimmy and Chelsea. <laughs> I was like, yeah. So this girl, and Chelsea, this girl Chelsea, um, you know, she she said that you know I look like Megan Fox, right? Um, obviously when Jimmy saw her, it was very far from Megan Fox the way she looked, and him saying, you know, I can work with that. That's the same type of vibe I get. Like, what do you mean? What are you saying? <laughs> It's just, it's it's all so ridiculous. Like, I just, do not go on TV and compare yourself to anybody. I'm begging you, do not do it. <laughs> just don't do it. Um, But yeah, it, it was like, what do you mean you don't care about how I look? So what am I to, Quasimodo, and you're just like looking past that? Is that what you're trying to say? Anyways, my girl said, I'm Audi 3000. Don't talk to me again. <laughs> and they kind of just maneuvered the rest of their high school career ignoring each other glancing at each other in the hallway not saying anything so then in comes you know his 18th birthday and she gets a text from him the first text she's gotten since him personally begging her to come to his 16th birthday party and her best friend convinces her to go and that's where we see her in a full jeans and sweater sitting there letting the hot sub-Saharan sun cook her, okay? <laughs> because I was like, girl, <laughs> no. And um, she, her mom has convinced her to put on a, a bathing suit at least underneath because she's like, you cannot let this limit your experiences. You You have to still live your life at the end of the day, right? Yeah, but she's not she's just sitting there being upset um but then her and Kosi lock eyes because she's at his birthday party and so she's like let me go get a drink Leslie, do you want anything and she's like girl I don't want anything you go have a good time at the bar okay mm -hmm. <laughs> and she goes over to him and is like hey hey and he, I think he says, like, I heard you got into, like, some school. I don't remember. But you're going to be studying, like, something politics-related. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, the first law I'd make is, like, don't invite people to a pool party where nobody enters the pool. Some, which is, I think, is so common amongst Black people. Like, yeah. get in the water. I know some of us don't know how to swim. Shallow ends. I know some of us care about our hair. Just don't put your neck past in the water. Like, get in no, the water. Yeah. I think black people have a ancestral fear for. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's ancestral. I think it's bodies of water. I don't think it's ancestral. I think it's generational. It's, I don't think yeah. God made it this way. I think white people did. <laughs> I think white people made us yeah. fearful of water. Yeah, we have uh, a fear for large bodies of water. Um, but you know we can break we can break the generational curse. I think swimming is learn, knowing how to swim is very it's a survival skill. Okay, it's like knowing yeah. how to eat. <laughs> like you just should it should instantly happen because you never know what situation you're gonna be. No, it it should. You just don't know what situation. Think about all those horrific stories you've heard about kids just drowning. Like it's actually it's sad. Very very it sad. Very sad. Very sad. Yeah. Anyway, um, so. Yeah, they get to chatting up by the bar. 
um i don't forget what's what school or program she's getting into um but i guess like you know he's part of her and everything and they try and have a conversation um you know trying to mend not mend but like maybe reconnect in some sense and of course like there's always this agitating grating voice that appears out of the blue and it's no but uh, before we get there before we get there oh because he says something important he says afterwards Oh. Is it that? No, it's before. He says, know. I'm glad you came. I just want to say, I should have said this two years ago. And she's like, we don't have to. She's like, no, 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 I do. Right. Like, I'm sorry for how things happen. Um, I should have said more. And when I said how you look doesn't bother me, what I should have said is I think you're beautiful. And I've always thought you're beautiful inside and out. And, you know, and I miss you. And right when things are going well, then in comes that agitating grating noise that Hannah is speaking about Hannah take it away oh <clears throat> I'm back um yes and of course it's the head girl Kian <laughs> what is her name Kia Kia yeah whatever at this point it, someone as mean as that is a nobody of course two years have passed since the uh, since um Kosi and Nelly you know, disconnected. So the fact that you're still carrying that 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 hate for me throughout these years is actually ridiculous. Anyway, she shows up and says, "Oh, so you're here? Interesting." And then she makes a really rude comment, um, talking about cute outfit, and she's like, "My girl," and nobody already knows. Me and nobody already know what she's trying to do. She's trying to agitate her. Um, and then she's just like, well, you know, like, um, we couldn't expect you to wear a swimsuit, you know, considering that, you know, you, you have you that condition. Uh-huh. Am I monkey to you? Am I alien to you? That's basically what she said. She said, because of your, you know, condition, we wouldn't expect you to wear a swimsuit. Ah, boss. <laughs> but can I just say, do you know how tasteless and shameless you are as a person to be saying that in front of the man that you claim to want to be? getting with like do you know how tactless that is very tactless and at this point Nella is just like I've been I've been going this girl has been hitting me hitting me for years and she says you know what you know it's so funny I'm what did she say I feel sorry for you or some sort just like it's so sad how jealous you are of me or something along those lines she says it's so sad how intimidated you are by mm-hmm. me and like mm-hmm. the legs you go and she's like had I known how scared you were of my presence I would have you know not cowered as much as I did yeah she, she's like she calls her a, a bitch of some sort yeah she does and as and as and after Nelly is done saying all that you know she's just like you know at this point like I think she just found like a new newfound confidence she you know she takes off her shirt she strips off her jeans i think she was wearing skinny jeans that is what i'm saying like she's cooking i know the sun was beating her like (laughs) it had to be beating her like (laughs) just hot for what so she takes off her her clothes um and to reveal a i think it's like a hot pink bathing suit swimsuit yeah she's like you know what (laughs) she jumps into the water they can't see you hannah but she (laughs) I put her middle fingers up, y'all. But she basically says, F you, F everything you believe in. 
and yeah she jumps into the water and a, a bunch of people like jump in too yeah. and of course you can hear her bestie in the back saying look at my girl go you know she's the yeah. best you know in the town look at her titty sitting up yes 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 um and and Kosi jumps in too and yeah everyone's having fun you know we're all swimming and everything um and then how it ends is actually she like she swims further away from like where the crowd of people are and she's just like staring and looking and they're just everyone having fun and Kosi comes up to her um and I think he whispers something in her ear what does he say Odilia? he says oh yeah he says ain't no party like a party with Nalili something yeah. like that um and then she said oh right and then I think it's as assume at this point they're gonna kiss she's just like I lead and then you follow you follow yeah come on now come on it's now so- Cute. very cute it's so cute and yeah. you know what it made me it made me realize not realize but it co it it further pushed this thought into the front of my my head mm-hmm. is that we don't have temporary or temporary contemporary african stories that are necessarily like just romance or just happy there's always a dash of tragedy to come with it and i <laughs> Or the stories in general are just so traumatic. Yeah. That, like, I want, like, a whole book. Like, why aren't there, unless, like, if y'all are reading them and I just don't know where I'm looking, like, please send me the recommendations. Like, I want a solely happy or, like, a book like this. Like, you know, just set in a place like Lesotho. Okay. I'm pretty sure they are somewhere. Where are they? I don't know. We just have to look. I don't, girl, do I look like a bookstore? <laughs> I don't know, but they should be. They should be. But I agree with you. I like stories like this where everything is just nice and easy. Just love, you know what I mean? Just love everywhere. Yeah, you know, no need to sleep with a, your boyfriend's father. No, no need none of that. to run away to America with your, the love of your life's baby after, and then only see him after 12 years in which you continue to lie to him about the fact that he doesn't have a child until that child almost gets hit by a car. You know, and though we love that story, you know, that was no so need oddly to... specific. You know, have our girl be drawing up KPIs, trying to find a man, um, you know, damn near bleaching her skin to do so. Like, you know, I'm just saying. And I loved those stories. I love yeah. those stories. No need to but... have a father that's clearly cheating um, with his <laughs> wife and upsetting his baby boy who's in university struggling to become a photographer. Right? A photographer. <laughs> like, there's no need for all this trauma. Just, I want Kiki and Kai. I mean, I want people <laughs> to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> like, we can just have, I just think, like, in, in regards to the. Con- current writing of like um african writers the stories are complex absolutely and i'm not saying the ones that are that have been written are not needed Mm -hmm. but like i think we have these discussions too all the time when we're looking for um because we do want this to be diasporic (laughs) when we're looking for contemporary african writers maybe we need to even go non-contemporary but like romance books like the ones that we normally get the recommendation for that we see y'all reading they're so they're like some of them aren't even romances like I've never read it but what's the one about like Baba Shegun's wives or something and I'm just like yeah every time I hear about that book I'm like where does the love come into play <laughs> like there's, there's no love one. there there's another one that I do want us to read eventually I don't remember the name I know it's I believe it's 
Afghanian and she but like it's it's not just a love story it's the fact that their marriage is being tested by the fact that she can't have kids and the mother-in-law has like brought in another wife which is not an uncommon story within you know the African context like I said these stories are not not needed um but then also at the same time I'm like can can we just be a little normal can we just like you know, like, like, let's just have the girly who falls in love at the university. Like, you know, what what's going on at Nsuka University on a regular day? Okay, like, like let I'm, me find out about I'm, that. I'm, I'm going to um, empower you, implore you to write that story for us, Odilia. Now, because I'm not a writer. Conflict, <laughs> because conflict is always going to be part, it's, it's part of the recipe, you know? No, it's no, part I'm of the not recipe. saying that there shouldn't be conflict. There absolutely should be conflict. But I find that, like, within African writing right now, like, you are welcome to disagree with me. However, I find that a lot of what's happening is, like, there's almost too much conflict and almost too much hardship where I'm just like, like what makes this story, like Nalili's story cute to me and beautiful, it, it's, there's still a conflict there, right? But it's not like soaked, soaking, soaked in, in tragedy. Like, that's because they have, of, have their parents involved. Trust me, if you start writing no. about African parents, <laughs> Into, if you start if you start knitting African parents into your love story, just remember one thing: you're gonna see trauma you've never heard of before. <laughs> no, it's possible. That's my theory. Okay, it's possible. And my example is not a, mo- a book, but a film. Um, the wedding party. You remember the wedding party? It was yeah. a big deal. It's cute. Yeah. It's a moment. I felt like there was obviously conflict in that, but it worked out. It wasn't like run off to America while the other one is trying to get his papers and he's jumping from Germany to England to this place till he's deported. Meanwhile, you're going through all sorts of stuff in America. Next, you know, you're back in Nigeria. You've gone through a natural hair uh, (laughs) transformation and now you're back and figuring it out. You know, it's not like, uh, you know, like, 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 let's, let's be, like these things that are being written are just again they are so important but i think in the mix of it all and again maybe i'm not looking in the right place so if y'all out there are seeing these books and i'm trying to talk about like for instance okay what happened to the love radio within the african context that is such a sweet maybe little there book. i'm Maybe it's and there. I'm, it's I'm, there. I haven't. I haven't really focused on reading romance novels until we started this podcast. So I don't yeah. even. I haven't even touched the surface when it comes to a lot of them. So maybe it's out there. It has to be. I just haven't seen personally in my viewpoint. And but. that's what I'm saying. I'm like, maybe I'm not looking in the right place. And if y'all are reading them, but when I'm searching the internet, looking at what y'all are reading, it's it's giving very much like. Like, damn, like, like, for instance, the fact that so many of you loved, um, what's my girl's book name? You made a death a fool. Or, no, <laughs> you made a fool of death with your beauty. <laughs> the fact that I was like going into that thinking it was a cute little moment, <laughs> not knowing I would be having like an existential crisis with each passing page and like like we said last week i know some of y'all that's your deal you love that (laughs) but um 
I'm just saying, I just want the normal, like, I'm saying within the African context, I would like to read the book where the girl works at a magazine and she's struggling to make it into her career and do this, this, and this. And she bumps into somebody and he's, he's a, he's a funny person, but he like gets on her nerves. A couple funny situations happen and then they fall in love and it's and I I just want more of that within the African context, but I'm also saying I'm not also saying it's not an issue when you do have the stories where there were young lovers, one poor, one rich, and he run. She has to go to America. Like two can exist. That's what I'm saying. Like if we're really saying the 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 African experience is complex, is not singular. I'm saying like we can get a more variety of them. I don't know. That's just me, though. That's just me. But that is what I liked about Nelayli because it is in that African context without being like, you know, like, damn, like she had to suffer so much just to get this. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's my point. Anything to add, Hannah? No, no, no. You said it all, (laughs) ma'am. Okay, then. So we're going to next story Zenu. I didn't actually like Zenu that much. Like, I like it, but I'm like, eh. I can do without Zenu. Yeah, it was a cute one. Um, I think this one is definitely based on somewhere in Asia. I'm thinking, I'm gonna see if it's Chinese. Yes, I believe it's either Chinese or Korean. But I'm, yeah. I'm Chinese I, the Z mythology from the Jade Empire. Okay, it's 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 Chinese. Yeah, it's Chinese. It says here. Um, Zinu was the seventh daughter of the Jade em- Emperor. I said Empire, I said Emperor. Emperor. Um, so yeah, so Chinese mythology. Um, um, happy. Is it Lunar? Yeah. Yes, yes, Lunar, yes. Lunar Year was three weeks ago. Was it? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, but it was, you know, Black History Month and Lunar, you know, we're the same <laughs> month. Okay, POC Solidarity. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Um. So Zeno, um, it's it takes a contemporary take to mm-hmm. I guess what the mythology is. I don't really. I'm, I'm obviously I'm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know my history like that. Um. But the book was cute. We start off. We start off with a with a, with a lot of um, mother daughter, traumatic ex- experiences already. I said, oh, well, I guess we go and jump right into it. So Zeno, this has been more than mother and daughter, but like. <laughs> <laughs> It, it was a lot. I said, okay, let's everybody calm down. Let everybody calm down. Um, Zinu is a pop star, okay? Um, I'm going to compare her fame to, like, an upcoming pop star. Let's think of one. Mm. Okay, think about Olivia Rodriguez back in the day, okay, before she became no. Olivia Rodriguez. It's giving more... Don't it's say giving more. Like... Girl, no, she doesn't sound oh. that famous. It's giving more like uh like we need someone even more up and coming. Like maybe like a I said Olivia Rigo a couple years back, which was upcoming because she oh, won okay. Best New Artist. That's what I meant. Like her back back then right. when right. Best New right. Artist in the Grammy. Right. Think about that. And unfortunately, Zinu is being run by a family me- member known as her mother. Her mom. Okay? Known as her and, mother. And okay. it's unfortunate because her mom is extremely uptight. Okay. She is annoying very annoying um he she manages her entire schedule she's rude and on top of that her mom has a assistant who is 
just a yes, a yes man, yes man, yes man. Whatever the mom says, he he repeats. Do you know who he reminds me of? Even though he's he's, I think he's better character than this yeah. guy. He reminds me of Brimsley from um, Queen Charlotte or Bridgerton. Mm, really? Yeah, like just the idea of like always being at the the mom's like foot and being like, yeah, yeah. But of course, Brimsley, I feel like has more character, yeah. more a it's better kind of, heart. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, I was thinking more of um anybody who has watched Ugly Betty, so Wilhelmina's assistant, that guy, the gay guy, the gay guy. I forgot his name is, but yeah. damn, was he on Wilhelmina's ass? Like, damn. Yeah. But then he also had like. A, a different motive like i think he wanted to also like try and get up there as well um but anyway so that's okay actually you know i would say this vibe Zeno's mom is Wilhelmina in 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 most respects like just rude just honestly at this point you ex- you just want to exploit her to get the money out like if that's what it is I mean, oh absolutely absolutely yeah. exploitive um i also think like like Zeno lets us know that when her father died her mom um her mom's essentially like the love part of her died as well. So she's yeah. clearly never recovered from that grief. Um, but even before that, it sounded like she was always closer to her dad. So then with her dad passing, like, like what'd you have? It, yeah. Your most reliable parent is gone. Damn you. That you're done. <laughs> exactly. Unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately. But um she does. So essentially, Zeno, like Hannah mentioned, she's a pop star. The only reason I thought Korea was because I guess we know more about the Korean music industry and like just like I know y'all call them idols or whatever and how that operates and it kind of sounded like oh no, she said she did a Korean TV show or something like that. Hmm. But anyway, so they're in the past because again, the people who who put out borders, <laughs> they were they no. were were not smart about it. Now, hold on, hold on, because one thing I will give, I mean, there were empires across the world. Yes, there were. But the Chinese Empire. Some of them shared different colonial masters at one point. Like, they were, they, you know, let's free Taiwan, okay, in Hong Kong. Um, But, yes. (laughs) I just remember another cause to think about. (laughs) It's endless, y'all. Every day I wake up and I'm like, oh my god. 100%. Oh my god. Um, yeah. But what I will say is this. So she her mom is like her mom is just runs her life. Her mom is a snobbish lady. She doesn't have many friends because her mom doesn't think she needs to make friends with other people in the industry. She's always pushing her to the brim. She's 22 years old and she's never had any kind of a relationship. Like she only got kissed one time and that boy lied that like she touched her boob. Oh, you know, her right boob, remember? Right, right, right. Just, just the right one. <laughs> and when her mom found out, like, even when her mom found out, she said, if you're going to do that, let it be for a rich man. <laughs> I like, know, which is crazy to say back to a child. Honestly, like, just ridiculous. My first thought would be like, was it consensual? Like, are you okay? But mom's just like, uh-uh, uh-uh, next time you're wearing a bag. What? honestly yeah and living like toxic um uh child star and the parents managing your career what is that movie for two days it's been in my mind i can't remember the actress's name you know the movie i'm talking about with the mixed girl who is a pop star and she hates her life and she falls in love with um nate sun who is a police officer 
all Hannah, you want is the president's daughter, but she's not a pop star. She's just the president's daughter. No, 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 no. Okay, what's the? I'm gonna find it in three seconds. Hannah, take it away while you while I find it. Find right, it. right, right. Okay, so I'm. A, there was a um an award ceremony. I think she got nominated for like best new talented upcoming artist in this category. You know, some some stupid category that these award shows always have. Um, and they were just leaving the ceremony and. And she got she got voted for the most popular potential idol. What do you, what does that mean, Odilia? That's most what I'm saying. Potential idol. Like you see, the categories are so stupid. That's what Ooh. I'm saying. I thought it was Korean because they have idols in their, you know. I'm not deep into the the K-pop world, but they referred to their stars as idols, and um, yeah. Okay. The movie I'm talking about, by the way, is Beyond the Lights. Right. Oh, Blackbird. You know oh. what? I I would like to forget. I with think- Google with Google um MGK was in this movie. Machine Gun Kelly was in this movie. Yes, her abusive boyfriend. The white guy? Yeah, in the beginning. Who was with Google? I forgot. I keep forgetting her last name. What's her last name? Um, Google Mbata Ra. Yeah. Yes, in the beginning, remember? And he was like like I mean, he, he was acting like an asshole. Um For yeah, I do remember that. Was like Ten years old. No way. Yeah. <laughs> remember this movie came, came out, out a year before I started university. That's crazy because I remember when the trailer came out. <laughs> it's crazy i also learned today that she's 40 years old she do not look it good for her queen black don't crack um yeah but this is the this is the yeah it's it's definitely that type of vibe so anybody who has not watched um beyond the lights definitely watch it but prepare yourself okay it's a good movie it's a good movie it's definitely better than madam webb so y'all can go ahead and uh you've not seen it (laughs) i have not i don't have to see it I don't have to see you. Also, I'm, I would like to I say, because I, I just give a critique for African literature. I have a critique for um, African-American romance movies, particularly because, you know, they're our favorites. Begging you to write, like, what I just said, but in, like, African-American. Because it doesn't have to be love and basketball. It doesn't have to be... Mm. I know people consider Beyond the Lights a romance. I do to a certain extent, but, like... Let again let's be normal like let's let's choose the tiny things like i don't know that's just me though that's just me yeah i agree all right so zinu and the and the gang have left the award show um and they're in the car the mom of course shows her classism and her rudeness towards the driver at, at this point like whatever she says i'm just like yep I mean, for someone who who's rude to the bone like that, yeah, you're just going to be rude to everyone. I don't know how they end up getting... I think the award show was, like, in the village type of area. Like, they're not familiar It was, like, it. on the way to... But they were going to send a car for them, but they had to, like, get to the hotel type of situation. Right. But then the car broke, breaks down in a village on the way to whatever city they're supposed to be having yeah. 
this award show at. No, they left the they award, left the show, award show. Something else. So they should have to perform the next day. Yeah. And so of course, like it's such a huge inconvenience to Ma- Momager that the fact that the car is broken down right here and she needs to go get her little beauty sleep in the middle of nowhere. And so they have no choice but to um, you know, take refuge refuge in the nearest hostel, hotel, whatever they're staying at at that moment. Um, from the moment they walk into the lo- lobby, mom's just like, uh-uh. She said, this is the ghetto, okay? <laughs> she says, look at this. Oh, my God. They don't even have proper leather seats here. Like, what the hell is going on? A white refrigerator? Not a white refrigerator. <laughs> and, of course, like, her assistant. Uh, what's, the, what's, his, what's his sister's name? Bin, bin, Binu. 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 Binjin something. And, you know, Binjin's like, hey, yeah. oh, my God. Like, everything here is horrendous. Like, can you formulate your own opinions? <laughs> No, I think he meant that. I think he meant that truly. You think so? Yeah. And um, he also like, to be fair, it was a small hotel. Like they ended up having to share a room with like Binu being on the the couch and um, her sharing a bed with her mom. But the person who runs the hotel is a fine ass man who milks cows. And... um, (laughs) who we find out is running his family's hotel because his own father had passed. And though he was in school because he's the oldest, he has no choice but to run this hotel and he's jealous of his sister who's at school. And yeah, he tells Zinu all of this as she breaks into his vending machine to get a snack because she's on a lean cuisine diet put on by her mother and she's hungry and can't sleep. And there's a fine-ass man downstairs. And he enjoys her little jokes. Yeah. He doesn't know who she is, um, which is nice. And he's like, I just genuinely don't listen to anything. Like, my best friend is a cow. Like, I'm not kidding. Um, and they bond. And I think they have a little a little moment. If you I know do. what I'm saying. Yeah, I think what I remember the most from their conversation is her expressing like, "My mom is so annoying, and I want to write my own songs. I want to write like yeah. songs that I." And I think every artist experiences this. To be honest, I feel like in interviews they always say the same things like, "I want to write things the way I want to write it." And, and honestly, artists should be given the right to have the greater freedom to write what they want instead of constantly bottom bottom line, bottom line, bottom line. Like, damn, shut yeah. up. You know, as and and this idea was really um, the point was really driven to me this weekend when I watched Champion on Netflix. Everybody, please watch Champion on yeah, Netflix. Who told you to watch that series? Huh? Oh, Hannah made me watch who it. Who told you to watch that series? And it is so good that if Netflix does what Netflix and y'all already know I have beef with Netflix, they hate to renew a yeah. good show. Yeah. They will they will give you like overwork the the fab five and give you 18 seasons of queer eye when meanwhile the members of the fab five are begging for a break let me tell you guys the get down riverdale the get down was the first and the last time i would ever trust (laughs) trust netflix (laughs) because the way they broke my heart no the day i heard that they were it was canceled discontinued uh, out of the out of the whole distribution i had to tweet it out (laughs) And then, like, years later, I tweeted on saying, so y'all really canceled the get-down, huh? <laughs> there are several seasons of Too Hot to Handle in both Brazil Ooh, and America. Man. Like, none of which are needed. Netflix is, they, we, when we talk about the bottom dollar, 
this is Netflix's bag, okay? And I'm trying to, by myself, I am the PR team for Champion on Netflix. They're okay, trying to turn into like a Hey You or something. You know what I mean? And I hate yeah, that. Reality TV is cheap and it's like, it's, 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 a, it's yeah, a quick buck. You know? I mean, you know, a lot of these stars who go on reality TV they and they come out and they talk about how much they get paid. I'm just like, oh yeah, that's why you do it because they pay you nothing. Yeah, you don't pay people. So, Anyways, my point is watch Champion on Netflix yeah. if you care about Black art, if you care about Black History Month, if, if you, you care, care about if you care about Black people. <laughs> we told our you don't watch Champion, you're definitely a racist. Yes, exactly, and especially if you are a first daughter like me in an immigrant household, this show really resonates with you. If you care about music and you you're one of those people who misses Empire Star, this show is for you. Okay, if you are Jamaican descent. <laughs> the singing's not as much as Empire, but it just yeah. it's a little bit of a singing song show. If you like UK music, UK rap, UK R and B, if you culture, like Ray Black, mm. if you're a fan of Ray Black, please turn on Champion on Netflix. I'm I've literally texted and told everybody I care about to watch this show. Like. <laughs> And I'm going to use the very little pa- platform I have here to advertise it because I need a season two. If not, Hannah and I are going to beef. And I'm going to tell you this because she made me watch the show. And if she made me watch the show and there's not a part two, I'm going to fight her personally. Okay. Now, why so am I doing that? Because you made me turn it on. So, everybody, it wasn't that much competitive. All I said is, oh, do I watch Champions so I can discuss with another soul? That's all I said. <laughs> And yeah, you went ahead and you stopped watching your little zombie show so you can focus on watching Champion. <laughs> and it gave so, you, gave you 12 years too late, but I'm watching The Walking Dead. It, and honestly, Hannah, I didn't tell you, it is scaring me bad. Like last night I went to the gym at like 11. Why was I looking around outside the house? <laughs> I'm actually very surprised for somebody who, you know, has the <laughs> fear of the abyss. <laughs> the abyss. AKA the dark that <laughs> you're watching a zombie show. Yes, guys, I'm afraid of the dark and my big age. Okay. And, yeah. and that's the thing. Like a, a nightlight, y'all. <laughs> I don't have a nightlight, but I need a lamp. Okay. God. Anyways, okay. the show is a little scary. Like I understand I kind of wish I'd watched it when it was live because then I, I would force me to do the once a week thing. But now I'm just binging it, binging it, binging it. I'm cur- I just started season three. Um I love Rick Grimes and we just got introduced to Michonne. That is the whole reason why just to, to circle it back to this romance podcast, I saw y'all's little snippets and press interviews of Michonne and Rick or the actors, Denai Gurira and um, Andrew Sansom. They're doing a press run because they're doing a little spinoff of the show uh, that focuses, I guess, on their story post what happens in The Walking Dead. I've not seen The Walking Dead prior to this month, but I did exist on Tumblr, so I knew they were together. <laughs> so that wasn't like a spoiler for me. But yeah. the way the two of them were carrying on is the way people who care about Carrie Washington, that Nepo baby, who I oh hate. <laughs> I hate Olivia and Fitz, okay? I don't care what any of you say. So because of that, I was like, let me turn this on, all right? And let me see what the real lovers are talking about. And I've been thoroughly enjoying it since. I know the show reaches a rough point around like season six or seven. That's not my business. I'm here for a good time, not a long time. Amen. Anyway, 
Back to Xenia. So, you know, she, she so be- watched Champion on Netflix. Yeah. So she made me stop that to watch Champion and I was hooked and I'm upset and there's a cliffhanger and I need you all to pitch in to make my dream come true of a season two. God bless you. So Xenia sits in the... <laughs> all right. Okay. So Xenia, um, thank you, Delia. That was passionate. Uh-huh. 10 out of 10. Thank um, you. Yeah, so Zenu is, you know, she's talking about how she wishes she could write her own music. And I think that's what allowed Adelia to speak about Champion and the zombie show and her fear for the dark. But that's that's where we are right you now. You didn't bring that last one back up. Nah, you know, I had to, girl. You know me. I could say your fears, too, but you didn't see me do that. <laughs> anyway, so um, she's talking about how she wishes she could write her own music. And he's, just, and he's sort of, like, pushing her. Like, yeah, you know, you should. Like, you know what I mean? Like do it and he talks about his background I already described it where you know like he's running this whole hotel on his own he's, he inherited it from his father um he has big dreams as well you know what i mean he doesn't want to be milking cows i mean shit <laughs> me neither <laughs> um sorry anyway <laughs> uh, yeah how the story ends is that you know she has to perform the next day as we like we said earlier and so when she goes up on stage and they introduce her, she's just like, actually, I'm not going to sing that song. I'm going to sing a, a song that I, you know, made. And so she sings that instead. And of course, like everybody is upset, but like, you know, she's, it shows that this is the beginning of her taking more agency of her creativeness and her life, which I really do like. Yes. Did I, did I summarize I, it well? Yeah, no, I agree. Like okay. she, so she has her little, but let me tell you, one hand girls, they have a good night and um the next day is a great day because she had a great night with what's his name and the next day she said let me play my own music no, i tell you so right i love being shot with dopamine <laughs> like oh pop, 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 pop. i love that you know what i mean when you find a soul that you connect with yeah and you guys embrace each other's struggles and you you seem so connected to each other you understand each other you don't have to explain things because you're already filling in the gaps because you have also been together in a different life when you wake up the next day it does feel like that so that's what gave her that's what gave her the energy to be like you know what i'm gonna do this shit for myself and that's exactly yeah. what she did i love that sorry for yeah. saying all that but you know what i mean girl no, I agree. Then, I I agree fully. Yeah. And um yeah, I agree fully. Yeah, and then she she just had a good time. That's where that story ends. So what what I'm left to assume is she writes her own music. Her mama has no choice but to get it together. And I think she eventually runs back to the little inn to see her little bullfriend. Because in Odelia's world, if you introduce me a character to me and their love interest, they're going to die happy together. Amen. Okay. Just all right. know that. Thank you. And then we move on to our next story, and that is Thisbe. I, I love Thisbe. Like, I absolutely, I forgot how much I love this story, but then the minute it started, I was like, I love Thisbe. Like, I think it's so cute. Well, damn, tell them what it's about. So Thisby is a university girl. She just started university and she's definitely, I think what every black girl was between like 2013 to like 2020, who was in university. Hannah's looking down because she went, oh, <laughs> you know, she's very like, <laughs> no, I, I am on my there. black woman shit. I'm like, Never like that. Me? The world. No. 
Okay, okay. Anyway, some of us be lying, but some of us be telling the truth. Okay, um, and she's just like, I I love my life, or not love my life, I love my blackness. I'm proud of my blackness. I'm embracing it, and I'm loud about it, and, I, and everything. The only fault that I think she has is that she likes Michelle Obama. But again, in like 2013, most of us didn't know Michelle Obama <laughs> was we married too, to. I think we were too oblivious to realize that she, Michelle Obama and the man that she was married to were married. War criminals. Yes, yes, you know. But anyways, back to it. She she's in her dorm room. I believe she's of Jamaican descent. Thisby yeah, seems like. Um, I don't know where the original story is from. I didn't look it up. But she she shares a wall. Her her rooming got messed messed up. Instead of being in the all girls quarter, she ended up in another place. But the wall between her and her her wall mate, her dorm mate, building mate. There's a little hole so she can hear all the music and everything that he does, essentially. Um, because he, he's a busy boy, okay? He got girls banging on the door looking for him. And um, what's his name again? Um, Paramus? Wow. Paramus? <laughs> Paramus? Um, P-Y-R-A-M-U-S. How do you say that? Pyramus? 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 Yeah. Okay. I mean, these are Greek names. I don't know. Okay. So, but Pyramus and Pyramus likes loud R&B rap kind of vibe, which he doesn't normally mind, but like a girl's got to study. You got to bring the music down. Sometimes he's extra blaring it, especially when he talks to his sole parent. I, in my heart, you can't convince me otherwise. I believe this story. Oh, wait, no. But she said she wrote Love and um, Honey and Spice first. Either way, I believe this story and Honey and Spice are connected somehow. I can't tell you how, but I believe Kiki and Kai and Thisbe and Pyramus are somehow, like, they're in the same cinematic universe. Like, Well, I mean, it's an enemies to lovers type of vibe, which is not... I don't think they're enemies, though. I feel like I feel like it can you can categorize it that because you're uneasy you're uneasy with each other in the beginning and then over time when you start to understand this person is very multi multifaceted and you have no choice but to be near them because of circumstances you end up you know turning into lovers. I guess. By the way, if this is a lovers enemies to lovers, this is the type of enemies to lovers we like, not the ones where they curse at each other. Right. This is the key you know, one. Not what they're trying to do in Bridgerton with Colin and Penelope. Okay, <laughs> I will be sat, but I'll be sat funnily. Okay, Miss Shauna Rhymes, because how are you gonna say all those atrocious things about her? Then come turn around and say, "Oh, I love you," and this lay. You are the bane of my existence and the object of my of all my desires. <laughs> Word to Anthony Bridgerton. Love you dearly, dearly. But anyway, so Thisbe and Pyramus are roommates or wallmates, and she's always hearing girls knocking on the door. And the girls, when they see her, they don't feel threatened by her because he likes like a very like, from what I understand, like spunky Afro punk kind of vibe girl. You know what I mean? And when I say Afro punk, I don't mean like she's giving out Fifi Fifi Dobson vibes. I mean like she dresses like she would go to Afro punk. Um, but uh, I don't know why Hannah's laughing. Yeah, no, you're right. That's that's actually the imagery. That's how they describe her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, but then she, Thisby also has somebody else knocking on her door. Um, what's his name? Kareem or something? Kazim. Kazam. Kazim. 
Kazim is a med student who only sees my girl Thisbe when she, when the lights are off and night when you know when the street lights come on when it's dark. <laughs> I know you, girl. <laughs> we all know her, girl. <laughs> Ooh, I hate that. I hate that routine. <laughs> that actually made me upset. I hate that routine. She said he just like lifts his head slightly to like nod at her in the hallway meanwhile he know and and she says she knows it's because she's a you know she's a plus size queen and the girls that he presents himself with do not look like that and so he only comes in the dark talking about yo these be open the door but they're not even sleeping together per se she's a virgin which is important to the story but they are fooling around because you could do other things and at this point she's kind of like she she doesn't want him in her life because she recognizes that he doesn't love her fully. Mm-hmm. But as most of us do, we keep opening the door. So the same day that my guy is fighting with his dad, um, because he and his dad have a tumultuous relationship in which his dad's not really a parent and his mom's not in the picture. I think she's of late. And um, so he had been playing his loud ass music. She banged on the wall three times, which usually does the trick, she says. Now, Kazim is coming in on the other end. She's gotten ready. She's put some mouthwash in her mouth, spat it out the window. And I was like, oh, girl. She's put a little lip gloss, changed into a tank top, and let him in. But this time, what we hear from Pierre and Mrs. End is that they just argued because she essentially asked him, like, why do you only see me when it's dark outside? And he was like, you know, oh, come on, this bee. Sorry, guys. I'm going to do a British accent. No, you're right. right. That's how he sounds. He sounds like a prick, right? Well, he does. And he's like, you know, oh, blah, 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 blah. And she was like, that's not. And then he threw out the, I don't know why you're in your feelings, but we know we've been sleeping together. And it's Mm. like, how about respect? Have you heard of respect? I have. Have you heard of it? Oh, okay. And, um, that made her kick him out because it sounded like he was waiting to use that to almost be like um to be like I'm still with you even though you won't give me the full thing and I and a piece of her was happy that she said it because and this is where I relate to my girl Fisby especially as a plus size queen like you're just like waiting for this part I think just in dating in general you're waiting for this person to do something to to just like end it because sometimes, like, if you're if you're used to having bad experiences, you don't think you're deserving of something good. So you're almost waiting for that one thing, that one moment, where it'll be like, okay, he said it now. Now, I, now it's over. Now I know what's going to end it. Like, this is it. So mm-hmm. that was him saying that. She was like, I'm free. <laughs> I'm free. <laughs> and um, she kicked him out. Yeah. But being the dickhead that he is, he comes back a different day. But, um... And yeah, he's, and he's like, knocking, knocking at her door. She, of course, she's not going to answer because she's just like, yeah. listen, <laughs> I told you once, and I meant that. Yeah? Step. Bounce. Move. Um, As this is happening, she's knocking at the door. As you know, fire... Pier- pyramids. Pyramids? Are you sure it's pyramids? Pyramids? 
It's not Primus. I say Pyramus because that's what they said on the audiobook. Oh, do they? Okay, Pyramus. Um, he's coming back and just like, what is this man doing out here banging, banging on on, on the, her door? And he knows who Ka- Kareem Kazim Kazam is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Girl. Oh, yeah, yeah, that guy's a dickhead. You know what I mean? I have to get to a dickhead like the way the UK uh, uh, <laughs> babes and, and, and bros do it. Yeah, um, I think he's a proper dickhead. <laughs> He describes him like he's like Primus is like I know I can be a dick, but like this guy he pretends to be a good guy, and that's the worst type Oof. of you know fuckboy because he, you're just pretending to be a good person. I think they describe and, him as someone who pretends to be woke and everything, but he actually yes. this is I'm telling this is just the blueprint for all men in my opinion. Like you oh, guys nah. hate women ah well they want to make me the bad guy. Suddenly. <laughs> No, 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 but I understand you know what, what I mean saying. all, but I mean, yeah. I'm, if you're not part of this category, I'm not talking about you. The ones who I'm talking about, listen up. You should listen up too. <laughs> Why am I in it? No, I mean, you know, the, the TikTok trend is going like, it's explaining something, and then they turn and said, you should listen to this too. You haven't seen it? Okay, I'll share, I'll share with you afterwards. Okay, let's move on. Okay. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. No, but what you're saying is like he's they don't like women. Guy. They genuinely don't like women. They pretend to like women because I think it's like yes. a scoring game for like they take a tally, but they genuinely don't like women. So in this case, Kazim Kazam Kazoo does not like um <laughs> And you know what's and Kareem is like this be described as like they tried to have a conversation where he was like, We need to redefine what it means to be black. And she's like, But why though? And <laughs> after like <laughs> trying to further understand, she was he was basically like you piss me off now. I, I don't want to hear anymore. Um, meanwhile, Pyramus is like, every day my girl wakes up with a, I am strong. I am worthy. Come I am on. this affirmation. She, she, she puts on that Erica Badu and, you know, she Badu throughout the day. <laughs> he's like, you know what? I feel it. Like, I do feel strong. I do respect women. Like, I know I make mistakes, but I respect them for real, for real. So he puts down his cup of noodles. Like, he was pretending to be on a cooking show like he's Odelia or something. And, um, opens up the door and it's like she's not here even though he can hear the r&b playing from her room and he's like are you playing with me like i can like what do you think's happening right now and um she's like she's not here bro like she doesn't want to talk to me next you know kazim does what sick people do because <laughs> he says oh so you're sleeping with her that that explains so much now because a woman cannot want you yeah, unless you're, you're just a gross human person. Yeah, you know she yep. has to be that property of somebody else. And um, Pyramus doesn't even answer. He just says, "Bro, I've already told you like three, four times. She's not here. You can stay or you can go, but I think you should go." And he's staring at him, and Kazim is a little intimidated. He's like, "Okay, whatever." Bounces. Um. My girl Pyramus hears the whole thing and she even looks through the peephole and she's like, oh, Pyramus out there without a shirt on. She's like, if I wasn't such a classy lady, I would have been feeling something like, like, girl, let's be honest. You felt something. Okay. We're all human here. All right. Yeah. And she just, she does eventually, I think she comes over to the hole and say, thank you. Yeah, she, or she says it through the crack. I don't remember that part. Yes, I mean the crack, the whole. The oh. crack. <laughs> I remember. I remember. I think he said thank you through the crack. Yeah. <laughs> 
you know, I'm actually I'm googling this uh, Greek mythology and like I'm seeing a picture of Thisbe. Yeah, it's just a crack. She got she got her ear to the. This on Wikipedia. She got her ear to the walls. Oh, I'm I'm interested to, to read the original story now. I think I'm gonna do yeah. that. Well, I but, wanna, uh, I'm just gonna take a summary of it because Greek mythology. No, is obviously, I'm going to go to Wikipedia. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm gonna do that. Lit Donate. charts, lit notes on the on this particular one. We're not spark uh, notes. Yeah, spark notes. Oh, that's another one. <laughs> Those days. Um, um, a couple of days after this whole situation happens, and and um, they deal with Kazook. Um, Thisbe's mom shows up, you know, a good mother. She shows up. She says, listen, you in college, university, you're broke. You have no money. You're probably eating nothing. So I got you a good old meal right here. Okay. She brought some Tupperware full of food. And I love that. I forgot what it was. Like it was just a mixture of stuff. Rice, chicken, and sweets. Oh, was it? Yeah, I remember. That sounds delicious. (laughs) Um, And And her mom complaining she's like please don't light candles in here you'll burn down the whole building buy real peonies if you want your room to smell like peonies you know in real mom fashion where she comes in looks around and alters everything she's like everything here is ugly why'd you have that why'd you buy that that's hideous why is there a speck of dust on your laptop like yeah. do you Did think I that's nothing I don't know why mothers do that. They, the moment they walk in, it's your house they is a They don't make contact with your, like, there's no eye contact. They say, hey, and then they look around. Yeah. Like, like, they're oh. searching. So this is you. Huh? <laughs> okay. Not this is you. This is how you live. <laughs> this is how you live? Okay. If you like it, I love it. <laughs> no, but then they're like, you know what? Actually, I don't love it. So if you don't get up right now and clean up this stuff. But, um, Yeah. Um, I don't know how mm-hmm. about this pool. She's like, "Why is there no elevator? Or the elevator is this? It wasn't working." Like, but a handsome young man came and helped me, and I said, "Oh, who's this handsome young man?" She's like, "He looks like a hard-working laborer. Like he got muscles like that." <laughs> and Thisby, meanwhile, is like, "I'm really glad that he's not here to hear this." Meanwhile, he came back to get his earphones, so he's like, "Oh, so you think I'm handsome?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he leaves before she says like this be jump on that and I feel fast <laughs> he would have uh-huh. uh-huh. anyway but yeah his shoulders were up the whole day like oh so she think I'm fine um but she's like you should you should you should talk to him sweetie like you should you know make friends <laughs> friends who are boys who you kiss okay. and and i think she's like no mom like i'm not his type like it's fine and she's like you don't know if you don't try fast forward she hears him shouting on the phone with his dad again talking about like could you at least be a father for once how did i hear that you got is that he got married no through his aunt on facebook or some sort it's like he found out in a very like honestly like that's your child you should you should call them (laughs) yes but he's like, well, we need a big deal. So he's upset. Of course, yeah. like Thisbe hears this because you know there's a crack in the wall. And so, in order to like make him feel better, did she leave some food for him? Yeah, she was like, Should I knock? Should I not knock? Should I knock? Should I not knock? So she and no knock and stay or knock and go, knock and stay, knock and go. So she decides yeah. to leave a note and the note, like he hears the knock, but it takes him time to open it, which is what I think gives her time to leave. 
and the notice entry says like my mom made way too much food for one person and um i if you if you're interested in 55 year old women i know a woman who's interested and he finds it funny and he goes over to her dorm and he thanks her for he's like do you want to go eat this together and that is the beginning of something special yeah they go back and forth yeah they they hang out um they have a shared love for music like throughout the the short story like she has a um she gravitates towards r&b neo soul Mm -hmm. you know they make a playlist together yes and like he's more into like rap and everything um you know he feels like a bad bitch when he listens to her stuff she feels like a gangster when she listens to his stuff you know what i mean it's a match made in heaven (laughs) honestly what's that gonna be me (laughs) i didn't say anything now yeah but i can see you whimpering i didn't say anything girl (laughs) i can see you girl so she just like yeah they and the playlist is called like love thy neighbor or something and she's like yeah he's like well you're my neighbor and i love you Oof, that was quick i love it and um they do have their first fight and like disney thinks they're gonna break up because she asks about his dad and he runs from his emotions yeah. so she's like if i know from his past experiences he's probably gonna run from me but he comes back and like after adding a jodeci song to the playlist <laughs> i'm telling you this these two live in the same universe as Kiki and Kai. I'm telling yeah, you right Jodeci, now. Usher, I think it was Usher too. They, they talked a lot about Usher, Usher, Usher Raymond. I'm telling um, you right now, they're probably in the same graduating class. This is Blackwell. Okay. Sorry. 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 Okay. Yeah. And um, I guess yeah, that's how it ended. I guess it ends when they say they love each other. Yes. My heart belongs no, to no, you. No, no, no. No. They say that and then they have their fight and he comes back and he's like, I'm right. sorry. And he makes her, she makes him perform the Jodeci song. Like, she's like, you got to win me yes. back like R&B style. Which is true because men don't beg no more. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have not seen too. a man down on bended knee in a while. Like, no one's dancing in the rain anymore. Like, <sighs> whatever happened to good old romance? Why are we all here <laughs> pretending and being very ego-driven? Like, you guys exactly. need to start begging. <laughs> Which <understand>. makes... <laughs> Which makes the, not the next story, but the one after that, I think, brings back this point. I'll get there. So, but that story ends, and then we go to what she calls new tales, which yeah. I guess don't have, they don't have any historical um, yeah. reference, and they're just stories that she's read. So the first one being Tiara. Tiara is yeah. a Nigerian girl. I think it's short for, like, Tiara Olua or something like that. No, so I'm like, girl, y'all know I'm close. I'm not even going to say I'm sorry. You know I'm close. Okay, I continue. I'm trying to find her actual name because <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> you know I'm close. You know I am close. I'm not even going to deny the fact that I'm close. All right. So tell us about Tiara Dill. Who is she? What does she do? Well, she's like, a writer. Story. Okay. She's a writer. And for some reason, the people who write romance love to write people who are in the fashion world, who are journalists. Like, apparently, those are the only people who fall in love. Like, no, I, it's just a, the story. I think it's just like a, a classical trope that we just keep carrying forward and like we just keep pushing it and pushing it. But it's true, can you're we, right. Can we get the story of the civil engineer and the uh, city human resources? Yes, I eat that up. I need it up. 
if you give me enough details, I would eat it up. I think because um, the target audience is also for young, young, young adults, it makes sense for, for them to have stories like this still incorporated. Anyway, so she works for... Go no, ahead, girl. No. And I'm more. You go no, ahead, no. girl. I found it. I was right. It is Tiara Olua. You guys thought I was making fun of Yoruba people, but that is genuinely her name. Okay, it's Tiara Olua. <laughs> and it means from the body of God. Okay. Um, okay it can also be a combination of terms, Tiara meaning crown and Olua meaning Lord, but it's about the same thing. I told y'all, y'all thought I was making fun of Yoruba people. This is just how they live. Okay, this is how they live. That's crazy. All right, <laughs> I mean, like this is just who how they be. Like, I want no trouble. No, we I love we love Yoruba people here. No, no. My is here. Again, I am not affiliated with this girl right here. Is I am a no. sole agent. I do not know who this person is. No, no. I'm just when saying. we go see Burner Boy this weekend, it's gonna be Lego City. Right. Okay, we gotta be calm. <laughs> No, I love you guys. Know I've said I love Yoruba babes. Like y'all are everything to me. Like you are the style, the trendsetters, oh, the attitude y'all go getters. My top tier, especially the ones in the UK. You guys just take it for me. My <laughs> exactly. favorite. You're my favorite genre. Genre is you think genre is not okay, girl. Okay. Anyway. So Tiara. Tiara is a journalist, right? And she does her little Tiara top tips. You know what I mean? Um, she makes a, a series of Carrie Bradshaw type of um, tips. I don't know. Stories. Yes. It's like Tiara's top tips. Like, don't look up your ex's name on the thing because she's literally going through that. Essentially, she's writing this blog based off the fact that her Twitter got popular, which is a lot of journalists in our era. You get popular on Twitter and then you get a job. Should have done that. Um, <laughs> Speaking of you guys, that could have been me. Honestly. Well, that could have been and, me. Um, reading and tumbling like it was there was no tomorrow. They had to get rid of my account. That's why I have a new Twitter account. <laughs> <laughs> anyways. So, another story. <laughs> yeah, you keep that one, girl. But um, anyways. <laughs> she, uh, she... What the heck? I don't know. She essentially... She's working for this fashion blog because, again, her Twitter got pretty popular. Her ex is in this movie that is, like, a blockbuster right now. So he's the new face. Like, he's the current Reggie Jean-Paul or Jean-Paul. Reggie Jean-Page. He is, you know, the current Simu Lu of, of Hollywood, you know. And just that, like, you have a big movie coming out and right. they're like, oh, this is not. He is Simu Lu. Like, I would say he's more Reggie Jean Page or, you know, if we want to keep a year about Damson Idris, there we go. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like in the credits, will always be like, and introducing, you know what I mean? Like he's that guy, he's that guy. Right. With his um, co-star Riley Dawn or Dawn Riley. Riley Riley Dawn. So she, so he's not been back to the UK since he went to um, to LA to film a TV show which then led to this they broke up because he didn't want to do long distance and she didn't want to leave her career to follow this man around she's like I'm building something at the time she was a writer's assistant and mm-hmm. she was just making coffee and stuff it wasn't working out but she was like I'm I'm close to something and good that she stayed because obviously that led to the good job that she's at currently instead yeah. of you know never just follow a man around ladies never do that okay don't do it and- he was too immature then to understand that. 
but I think he eventually gets that because she stressed that he's back in town. He's accepting an award, which I think is similar to a BAFTA. I have a feeling it's the BAFTA Rising Star Award, um, which goes to the young actor who's up and coming. It's been won by like Daniel Kaluuya, Letitia Wright. I don't think Ms. Babalola's, you know, going to say that for copyright reasons, but I'll tell her everybody that it's clearly it's a yeah. BAFTA and it's a Rising Star Award. Yes, it is. Um, so she's like, she's texting her friend who's dating his best friend because, of course, when you're friends with each other and then it gets messy, but she's like, I think he's after going through his Instagram and, you know, she's like, I think he's dating this Riley Dawn person. She's like, what kind of name is Riley Dawn? Like, <laughs> girl, let's stop dating. Listen, that, that's a movie star name. Listen, listen. So it eventually does, like, she's she's watching the show and he doesn't come and accept the award. He sends his mom because, and his mom's like, he he's always followed his heart and he's doing that now in a matter of, you know, matters of love. And she's like, what does she mean by that? She hears a tap, tap, tap on her door. And this is what I mean, like, bring back the yearning. And he's like, I'm yeah. here. I'm sorry for how things went. You know, I should have listened to your concerns more. I should have made it work. I miss you. I'm not dating no Miss Riley. She told me to come get you because she's a good friend like that. Yeah. And I want you back, Miss Tiara. And the reason I didn't say goodbye when I left, because how the hell do I say goodbye to the love of my life? You can't. You can never do that. I don't remember what his name is. <laughs> I don't remember any of the male. His name is Deji, I believe. Oh, is it Deji? I don't think it's Deji. Can I it up? That's from a different story, yeah? Oh, but I'm not throwing out Yoruba names. <laughs> All right. I think I'm, I don't know what his name is. I feel like it's Deji, no? Girl, no, I don't know. I don't think so. Oh, man. I messed that up. Anyway, um, yeah. That... Oh, God. His name is not Deji. I know for a fact because it's a different story. <laughs> That's coming up next. Um, okay. So, yeah, it was cute. I love that. You know, Hana loves her second chance. Oh, brush pass. What's his name? Uh, I don't know. Is it? Tell me if I can find it in my, I don't in know, my I don't have my book with me. Okay. So, unfortunately, um, okay, Mr. Man. Say it's an S. S. Okay, um, it's a movie star. Yeah, you know, he's just like, I want my, I, I want you back. I want you back, like Michael Jackson said. And I thought you were gonna say, um, I don't want to say who I was thinking when you said "want you back." Do you remember in like 2011 when One Direction ran for X Factor? Okay, what was so, that girl? Yeah. No, 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 hear me out. What was the girl who also became famous off that season? She had like, I want you back. Well, I want you back. She was like a traveler and like. What is her name? You know who I'm talking about. It's escaping <laughs> me, but I don't want you to. Know I actually don't <laughs> want to Google. I, I, I don't want to know. <laughs> well, I just remember she did um Ciara's version of Turn My Swag On on her audition. And at the time, I thought it eight and then i watched it back and i was like oh my god was there like a lack of talent like no girl listen those adolescents ears they don't listen well no they don't no it's bothering me i have to find it okay it's like um but yes you know what i i like that he said i'm not going to this award show because how can i go to that show when my the woman i love is in this city and reconcile yes 
Cheryl Lloyd. That's her. Anyway, I, I chose Michael Jackson, you know, the king of pop. Um, but yeah, I love that. I, I love a second chance type of thing. I think that, you know, if two people are meant to be together, no matter the odds, the circumstances, the environment, shit, there could be an atomic bomb and those two will still end up together. And I like that. I like that. Yeah. And yeah, I and mean, it just picks up. She obviously makes him work a little bit for it, but Absolutely. like very little. Yeah, I mean, you know, just only some degree. I don't make you work for the first three seconds. I was like, ah, I'll stop this. Let's make out. Did you even try? Like, no, damn. Let's make out right now. Right now. Let's go. Okay, so then um, we move on to the next story. I think this story is so cute and it's such a I love testimony of like modern dating. It is. Um, and also like, I also like the idea, the concept of serendipitous serendipit- stuff. Like things that you thought yeah. was gonna go one way, but actually goes a different way and ends up even better. I like that type mm. of shit. I eat it up, yum, munch. Anyway, we're doing this. So the next story is called Orin. Orin, so, yeah. And it starts off in a situation where I have been too, man. Me and Orin were sitting there being like, golly. It starts off with a bad date. And her date, Deji, is a financial bro. And you know, anybody who knows me, I hate men who can count numbers. I hate that. If you can count numbers in our mail, please reach out to me at Odelia Ray on Instagram. I'm trying to have babies with someone who can do math because I can't. Odelia, you you can do math. You don't want to be, you do not want to be with a financial bro, though. Okay. There, if you you know what an IRA Roth is, (laughs) and you care about RSSPs, okay. Let's let's turn you see i can help you look me i can help you i just gave you some basic basic knowledge if you know how to do things with numbers and your fingers i can can excel every single day they call me the excel queen if you are a man (laughs) oh that's what it is i see the disadvantage now yeah you know, let's combine. I'll do the social sciences and the English, and you can handle maths and science. Okay, we'll be a great combo. I bet. If, you don't have to be a finance bro. If you can build a house, please find me. Okay, I can adjust the type of woman I am. Girl, I saw this TikTok the other day. This girl <laughs> saying her man was barbecuing that shit, and I burnt the whole thing. I and said, she said that to you. These are the men of our generation. Yep. No, they cannot build a house. I send that barbecue. You. Well, you send it to me, but I also started my TikTok. You and my favorite page are the same. <laughs> right. You have to share the same content at this point. Charred the chicken. Charred the chicken. Like charred the bread. <laughs> and she even touched the bread and hits it on the thing. It's like, damn, like even the pigeons don't want this. Hannah said the men can't cook, they can't build, they can't <laughs> they can't cook, they can't build, they can't make decisions, they can't lead. What is the point? <laughs> <laughs> anyway so our girl anyway. is a musician and she's on this date with a finance bro who's different from her usual type she normally dates other musicians but she keeps getting heartbroken so her friends like venture out try something you don't usually venture out yeah. so she introduces her to what is the only black who is the only black man in his office and we soon to realize that he might be the only black man on purpose okay because <laughs> and that is still the other black people in the office listen there is rank you guys rank listen when he called um i guess this is deji yes um when she when he called her uh a nigger and i said whoa but i think he said he tried to say 
nigga. And but yeah. it came out racist. He, he really stressed on the E and the R. Mm. And if you're a black person fluent in saying that lovely reclaimed slur, <laughs> not lovely reclaimed slur. Um, there's, but, a, there's, an, there's a there's a tone to it, right? There's an aura. But for him, he 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 he's not used to seeing it. So exactly. of course, when he said it, it's just like, ah, huh? it's, it's shocking. Anywho, um, he's rank because even like he first of all, he talked about he's a he's a modern narcissist. He talks about himself the entire time. Oh I look heard. me, I can count numbers. Oh look me, I have the most expensive gin at home. It's not like this one right here. <laughs> oh, why are you drinking rosé? Rosé is very disgusting. How right. dare you say anything about rosé? Rosé is perfect. That's a good drink. That's a um, perfect drink. And it's just, it's just lousy. The whole thing is just lousy. And she's bored. And of course, like as she's like trying to entertain him for the little bit, there is a man who is sitting, I think, in front of her or behind her, of some sorts, yeah. and he's making like sn- sn- snarky looks at her and everything. She's like, "What's going on here?" And we don't know his name yet. He just has like a white t-shirt, he's called white t-shirt boy, and he's sitting up and he's with a girl and uh this girl that he's with she is uh what you call somebody who believes she's a to have talent <laughs> you know what i mean she's a model who wants to try singing yes exactly when she's, that. When she's neat exactly <laughs> i know i always said this like listen if you can you know hum to a tune sing a little song along that's great that's great but you're not an artist and you don't always have to go into artistry some of you can just sing lullabies to your children you don't have to be on stage and be on my spotify how oh could you get on my spotify even and anyway with i believe is deji because she's trying yeah. to use his connection because he's also in the industry but more on the anr you know, yeah anr so she's trying to use him to like you know and get, he's on up there yeah. yeah he's on the third day and she's like oh i just realized what my girl's trying to do here meanwhile the other one's with a date with a man who says he's trying to drop like the yemi and the other aspect the nigerian aspects of his name i'm just like yeah i said okay from honestly the way that man speaks it tells me that he hates himself like he definitely has internalized racism because like you're you're trying to you're trying to be condescending towards me like be for real man um he dates black girls normally it sounds like he was just you know he was doing it as a favor Mm. And he ends up saying it towards the end, but she's like, listen, do you think we're having a great time? He's just like, yeah, I think it's vibesy. She's like, ah, vibesy. There's nothing <laughs> about the situation, man. Like, you gotta go. Then he, like, yeah. insults how she dresses and, like... Yeah. He said something so rude. Just, like, first of all, we're, like, in some sort of bar thing, and, like, I'm pretty sure she looks better than you. She's like, oh, you couldn't even wear a dress? How dare you make a comment like that? Listen! I couldn't even wear a dress? You couldn't leave your coonery at home? Like, if we're going to start talking. Anyway, it made me upset. Anyway, they they got rid of him um, because, you know, he called her the N-word with the the hit on the ER. Uh Um, No, he called... Oh, he called the other guy. Because Deji Clued and he said something. He's like, how are you going to talk about the way she should dress when you literally look like this, my man? Like, you've been talking about yourself all night. Like, he started roasting him. And then he was like, mind your business. And when it didn't hit, then he was like, I think he was like, step back, nigga. But then he said it like, step back, nigga. (laughs) He came out more like, whoa, Jamal, don't pull out the knife. Like, it was a little like. Yeah. (laughs) He looked at him. Deji looked at him and was like, ah, 
like with a fake hand on his arm he's like brother why would you say that <laughs> and they just kind of like start roasting him together and eventually he leaves and they're talking about how both their dates are horrible um, and why they're on it and they kind of talk about the problems with modern dating because you put yourself out there the apps are crazy as we know um you meet someone you're constantly on an interview for the first couple of dates and you're just hoping both of you are sitting there like i want this to work i want to like each other and if it doesn't work you're heartbroken you somehow have to pick up all your pieces and start again do it again yeah my name is Hannah. I'm a victim of modern dating. <laughs> because what they said was true. And he was just like, I like this is the first time that he started like going to people's DMs. He's like, yeah, it's gonna be the last one. <laughs> because yeah, then, then she said, Is it? And he's like, No, girl, no, no. no. But it might be the that. last time because I think him and Oren are best. Yeah. They have a lot in common. They work in the same circle, you know, same themes. Mm. And so he's just like, Yeah, like. You know, we, we should, you know, just go on a little date. If you're going to say no, then no. But if you're going to say yes, let's go on a little date. And I thought that was really yeah. cute. Yeah. And you know, you already know my policy. In my head, they got married and had three kids. My God, calm down. Damn. No. <laughs> All right. Okay, let's move on swiftly. So the last story is a very special one because this is actually um, talking about um, the author's parents and how their love story made it into this tale. And I thought it was really, really cute. I think the way it's written is really nice. Like I like the um, what? the back and forth with the princess and the prince, and then eventually. Yeah. The- and it and of course it's to- it's told like a storybook too, which I like. What do you call it? is it? Third person. Our princess group, mm, what do you call it? Ours, yeah, third person, right? Yeah, because the, the person narrating is all knowing. Yeah. So, yeah. come on, English lit. <laughs> come on, Grand knowing. <laughs> no, because there's first person, obviously, you're yeah. telling the story. Second, I know. I know. Third all knowing. I know. That's how I remember it's it. It's just that it's, that's how um a, a child would answer. Yeah. <laughs> what is first person? What's it? Yeah, it's all knowing. Yeah. I like it. It's told like a storybook, you know what I mean? Like everybody exactly. like, in bed once upon a time in a you know what I mean? And I like that. Um anyway. oh this story, by the way, is called Alagomeji, yes, and that Alagomeji. is his mother's name. Yes. So, and on the audiobook, it's her and her mother narrating the story, which is so nice. So nice. Um, so let's talk about how they their background and how they met, which it's it's so cute. Yeah, so her mother is originally from a small or a neighborhood in Lagos, Nigeria called Yaba. She's yeah. the fourth child of like seven. Yeah. And she was super smart. She skipped a grade and they sent her as many. And I think this what lo- I love about the story. I feel like as a child of immigrants, you're reading it. And I think you always had that moment where you're like, oh, I was like, oh, I would love to write something like this about my parents. Like, this is so beautiful. And then also like, um yeah like some of a lot of it hit home like my dad went to boarding school so when she's writing that her mom was smart and went going to sending your kid away it was a sign of like i love you you're so smart yeah. I love you. boarding you school is something it's still this day like boarding school is very popular where i'm from yeah like everyone goes to boarding school um yeah yeah it's a big deal so she goes off to a boarding school in abiokuta which is I don't know where it is, guys, but <laughs> it's it's obviously outside of Lagos, another city. She goes there around like the age of 11. She meets a boy in boarding school who is in the same class as her. 
and they kick it off as friends and they just keep growing and growing and growing and growing and growing and they get to like age high school I don't remember in particular and they kind of just kind of they just kind of go together but then his friend tries to date her and he like buys her a Fanta which is (laughs) is it a Fanta or is it some sort of like ice cream Oh, was it ice cream? I thought it was a Fanta. No, I think it was some sort of ice cream. And it made him feel a type of way. (laughs) Yeah, because it was like, how am I homie going to do that to the girl I love? Yeah. Um, I think he even comes back and he's like, if you were hungry, you could have just said that. I would have got you something. Yeah. And I think she said, well, I didn't think you cared if I ate, you know? And she's like, it doesn't even matter because whatever I eat, it's turning my tummy right now. So she might be lactose intolerant. Um, all but not all black people. Okay. I, the, a third of the world is, and most of them from the global south, but not all of them. I know you fall within those numbers, Hana. But no, I recovered from lactose intolerance, by the way. Not, you, you did not. Okay. Anyway, so so then she was like, um, they they just dated all through high school. University time comes, he goes to a school. I don't remember where he goes to school in in Ife. In Ife, which is yeah. Like the the way in which Bolu describes it, it's like a very your the whole region is Yoruba land, but like it's very. It's almost like the whole the the one would say if, if borders didn't exist, maybe it would have been the capital. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and um her mother goes off to England. Yeah. And being the fourth child of seven, there's no more money for university. So she has to hustle. She's working. She's staying at different people's houses at hostels. And it's lonely, it's cold, and you have people who eat fish and chips and greasy peas talking to you all day, okay? Talking about uh, you get in the Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Very unnecessary. But important to the story. Very important. Because if it was cold outside and some greasy geezer came up to me, I'd be like, I'm going I'm home. I hate that. I hate that they say a Chinese. Like, you're having Chinese food. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. And then China, I just said food. No, you say, oh, we're getting Chinese. Do you yeah. want Chinese? And then in China, you just say, I'm getting food. Oh, this is food. Yeah. We're getting food. It's probably not. They, they don't even eat the stuff they feed us. No. So. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, but anyways, she uh, she grinds it out. And what makes her feel better is the fact that this man is sending her letters all the way yeah. from, you know, Nigeria. Nigeria, yeah. It takes like two years. Coming. Or two months, two sorry. Yeah, it, it, it takes time. Girl. That's that's too much time, but yeah, of course, like you know, after all, like the the taxes, la la la. So like mm-hmm. every two months, and then it becomes frequent. You know what I mean? They're going mm-hmm. back and forth with very sweet notes to each other. In the in the actual story, they don't really describe exactly like what was it was said, but you can tell like it's their connection was growing and growing and growing until um one year I think he moves to England. Yeah, but what's crazy is like the way Bolu describes it. They still have the letters. Yeah. 
which is like, oh, nobody writes letters no more. I love it because I love the way she describes the story so much yeah. because I like the metaphors that she used because she says even these letters is what build their foundation. Like the way she describes it, it's very poetic. Yeah. Like these ancient letters is what built their was, was what their love is built on and i said girl you better stop with these words and i also love the metaphor that they use in regards to um the city that now let me try and remember this the city that crossed paths because it's all about time it's all about timing like the mm-hmm. whole that's the metaphor of everything um why do they describe the city to be Odile? is it like it's like there are these twin um there's clock towers essentially that divide these two i don't remember paths. this you don't no girl i'm so sorry okay do you sing a song as i find this um i think so I have- i'm gonna use this time to talk about if you didn't hear before go watch champion on netflix i'm oh, so serious God. about this i'm not even gonna use this time to say anything silly to y'all i'm very serious about this uh wherever you're listening from don't worry you can watch it on the netflix okay if you live in north america you can get a gift card for the month all you need is less than eight hours it's eight episodes 45 minutes east It's based in london watch champion on netflix thank you okay so i highlighted here thank you so much Zillian. netflix should pay you for the promotion because it, it, got very little, it got very little buzz and the only reason why i know about it is because i follow a lot of british people <laughs> so like, i didn't even see it i think it, it randomly came up on my netflix maybe once because they're like you're black i <laughs> said <laughs> you know actually if you go because you know you've you probably like rewatch top boy or some sorts right yeah, yeah. recommended since you watch top boy you might as well just watch this too yeah um, anyway, so it's Noble Street. I think that's where um, mom's from. And Herbert Macaulay Street are situated yes. in the subsection of Yaba known as Alogomeji, which is like the name of the the, um, the story. Two clocks named after the two clock towers that puncture, that puncture the area. It's a place marked by time and for love. The time has to be right. And I think that's just like the metaphor of their, their whole love mm-hmm. story. And I just love I just love that part. It's everything to me. You know what? Because we started the podcast with um, Honey and Spice, there's one thing, there's one thing Bala Bala knows how to do, and that's just to stringing a lot of poetic descriptors to describe love. And I think that's why she's just my she's one of my favorites and y'all she's one of my favorites but anyway yeah, I no, love she's an amazing writer even her like I said last week like even her tweets be poetic like <laughs> yeah she's an amazing writer amazing amazing writer um and she knows how to to pull in a simile or two and I think also like yeah like it's just even again to bring it back like to romanticize a story like your parents is really something but she says that lays the foundation for her love of love right yeah um which she's so lucky because not everybody has that tell you (laughs) not everybody has something as sweet as this whether she's romanticized it or it is exact i don't believe she's made up something to make it sound better but a lot of us do not have a lot of people don't have something like that so to have two people mm -hmm. and she says like their home was filled with so of this example of love and because she's seen it in person it leaves her no choice but to be obsessed with it to write this a book like this yeah to want such for herself so it's it's very sweet like it's just it is, so it is. especially like for um african parents immigrant parents because yeah. 
I think we all know this. Like when, like the way I grew up, I did not really um, see my parents be very affectionate with each other. Like Lord, the day what I saw my, my parents hug, I was shocked. Okay? It's crazy. <laughs> and it was from behind. And I said, huh? Oh, wait. Yeah. You know what? You're right. You know what I mean? Like I was, I was genuinely shocked. My mom was just cooking in the stove. My dad comes from behind. I walked in. I said, excuse me. This I remember. Family household. <laughs> we don't do that here. <laughs> I've only seen my parents kiss one time in my whole life. I'm 26 years old. And the, the time it happened, my dad was going away for work and they did it so quickly and I was shook. Like, I was like, whoa, no, this like, is not you, in my schema. You don't see that much. And of course, you know, you, we, can have, we have to talk to therapists about how that has affected us, but we move on. Mm. No, and I, and I know they love each other in their own very special way, but like they don't do what they call like white people love. You yeah. know? I love you, you know, past every morning. Oh, yeah. Never, never that. There's an, <laughs> it's more like they really do do the marriage as a contract kind of thing. Like, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're thugging this out. We have an understanding and it's specific to us and the way in yeah. which we were raised. And like, I think it looks very odd, especially for those of us who grew up in more westernized cultures. Um, yeah. yeah, but the way in which Bolu describes you know her parents it's like and some of them are not like not every african parents like this obviously bullies don't sound like this like they sound like the way in which they show love was so very genuine and like there were there were star-crossed lovers i think who just found each other um but i think what's also interesting is like for me is like even the letters when she said they wrote letters i imagine like i don't know how it was in nigeria but in, like in Cameroon, like the, they used to have like the blue and red outlining of the envelopes. And it made me think like, maybe that's what it was like. And then also when she said her father's last name was something Westernized, but then he chose Babalola, which was his father's first name because he wanted a name that was not white. Yeah. Um, and, and it was a testament of the age at which they were at, which is post-independence Africa. Yeah. And it made me think about like my dad again and like people who grew up in that time period, how hopeful they were for their nations and like, mm. you know. <laughs> I, think, I, think that, I think that's what makes, um, that's the reason why my father is so passionate. He gets very angry yeah. about of our, of our, of our continent, our, our countries, because it's just like, wow, there was a time when, when we thought that after the British, French, Spaniards, Germans left, you think to yourself, okay, things are going to work out. Because there, yeah. there were a lot of these revolutions coming out saying, you guys were going to make this better. Trust me. Just for y'all to have these puppets, the Americans, come in and start shooting them, assassinating every single one of them. And then we go into civil war. All of us. War and war. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I just, it's just. But yeah, like I, the way my dad speaks about those times, you can tell like, and sometimes we do romanticize <laughs> certain times, I won't lie to you, but there was, there's just so much hope on the continent from like the 60s and the 70s. And, you know, then yeah. after that, especially a place like Nigeria, they went through so many coups and like, <laughs> I think like, what was it? They got independence 1960, October 1st. 1965 the Biafra war happens like and then after that with like every new president is some kind trend. of my yeah. country is the exact same thing there's my country there's never been a peaceful transition of power every time a new person tried to come in there's going to be a war always yeah and my father like you know actually now I'm thinking to myself I feel like I would love to 
I'd really love to, I was talking to someone about this the other day. I'd really love to take record video, audio, even written down about how my parents were living their lives when they were younger. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I have a few, that too. I have a few like notes about how my father and his yeah. family were, you know, the, these, um, these raiders came into the house because you know they were they're part of like the bush wars we call them the bush wars mm-hmm. as it was and like he was talking about having to leave your house crossing the river in the middle of the night your mom carrying you you going back to your home and like there's nothing left running my dad running away from Kampala like going to a different country it's like I can't be here like there's nothing here like I think that's so interesting my dad has lived multiple versions of himself and I feel like I have to write this yeah. stuff down so that I can maybe not record it for public viewership i think i want to do it for myself and for my own kids because you know how growing up in this type in north america how you can forget i, I barely speak my national language yeah so, I'm, I, yeah I well, want to for one Listen. i sound like this so let's start with that <laughs> number two <laughs> um yeah like you especially kids with diaspora like you don't have that instant connection yeah. i'm kind of like like she's lived mostly in yeah. africa most a good part in her home country me on the other hand I'm you know I'm Canadian (laughs) no I consider myself Cameroon but it's different and yeah I have the exact same thing I'm like I want to do like a family tree one day like sit down with my parents be like so what are the names of your grandparents what are their names like this and this like oh when I I went to Cote d'Ivoire in January and my dad was talking about like we went to a museum I told Hannah this, but for you guys, and it was like a pre-colonial museum, and it was not in the sense of which you would go to like <clears throat> the Royal Ontario Museum and you'd see stolen artifacts, or the British Museum is just full of sh- stolen shit. Like this is yeah. their stuff, and it's their currency, their culture, their like the clothes they wore, the the way in which they practiced their religion, like what everything meant pre or just as the white people showed up and started you know messing around and in it all my dad would be like yeah my grandmother used to say like they did this and my dad's you know my grandma used to teach this and my mom taught us how to do this and this and this and like all of that is going to get lost (laughs) if we do not you know yeah we have to we have to preserve it we have to pass it down I think it's so important for especially for black people i'm telling you because our histories can be easily eliminated like this trust me they will do it so we have to take we have it has to be part of our mission to always pass down those stories because that's we're storytellers naturally i really think africans black people we are natural storytellers we have to pass them i mean we have like you know west africans a lot of them the senegalism they came with the whole word his whole job is to just tell the histories of those who came before and like if you listen to your way older black people talk older Africans like they know the histories of the histories of the histories like you know so it's it is so important like being in that museum I was like whoa like we need one we need our artifacts back let's start there Uh (laughs) um we need these everywhere like it was so interesting and I think for the like the the Ivorian people is so interesting because they they see themselves as non-fighting like very calm people and they're like they even had like statues at certain villages they're like if you fight here you're going to die as in it's illegal to do conflict and if you do that we're gonna have to eliminate you mm-hmm. and the only reason things like guns and that, those type of things showed up was because the pasty people came okay yeah. <laughs> the way in which they worship women and they see women yeah. as the gift of life and like 
again, all that stuff changed when the Pacey people come, which yeah. might well be so funny to me that were things like mis- not to say those places were without things like misogyny and whatnot, but like those things became amplified. Yeah. When people came into the con- the continent and started doing their things with like homophobia, misogyny, colorism, yeah. you know, all those type of things. But um, yeah, it's just it was it, it like the story that she told her parents. I was like, oh, this could be. I think anybody who's born between the nineties and now, when you listen to your parents talk, like, yeah. And I said, like, I was reading, I was like, I would love to do something like this about my parents or my family and my aunts and uncles. Like, yeah. Yeah. Let's work to it. Let's work to it. Um, and yeah, so I guess it, we're done with the, with the book. Loved it. So let's start ranking. Odila, give me your top Oh. I'm gonna. This one I'm gonna do. I'm gonna say, Adila, you can give me your top six. That's it. Please <laughs> don't go above six. I'm begging you, man. Make it quick because, jeez. All right. And don't say now honorable. And you know, actually, I'm even gonna like to do an honorable. Your top six and an honorable. Go ahead. Okay, my top six is um, Atem, okay, Shahrazad. Mm-hmm. It went in that uh, order, like top rank. Like you're ranking, like number one is Atem. Oh yeah. Okay. Sia, Fizby. Y'all, she's struggling. I don't. And I don't think she knows what number she's on. I'm on four, okay. and number five is Nalili. Okay. And I guess honorable mention would be Oshun. And Just go on, because honorable mention, honorable mentions are two different things. But go on, my friend. No honorable mentions. Let me finish. Let me finish. <laughs> so yeah, so my top five as stated was Atom, Shaharazad, Sia, Naleli, and Thisbe. Honorable mentions to Oshun. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah. Okay, good. I think I I think I pretty much have the same ones that you have. Um they said I couldn't do it. I did. I did No, the thing is that we agreed top f- <laughs> let's move on <laughs> um so for me obviously the first one is shahara said for obvious reasons everything about that shit was me um i do actually reread that story every month damn <laughs> yeah that's why when we were doing this i said i don't even have to read for that one now i know the back of my hand um atom is number two i like psyche just because i love ugly betty and so it just gave me that ugly betty vibes and i said yeah i like this type of modern magazine chaotic type of yeah. tropes yeah is gonna be my fourth and my fifth one is nelly for sure and of course honorable mention would be um the last one that we just read so yeah i was considering that one but i was like if i do three honorable mentions certain I'm people glad you were stressed that's right that's right that's exactly what i wanted okay um yeah, and that is that is it for Loving Color. We are super excited about um, reading our next book as well. I think we have, we, you know, we've been hitting gems. We've been hitting gems, and I'm excited we for the next book. books this year. <laughs> it's only February still. You're right. <laughs> but no, I'm excited for all the books that we put on our to-be-read. Um, yeah. Some other ones in there that are not. And yeah, so far we've hit, I mean, we read one new book and one book we knew was good. So, and I, I'm putting my money down now. 
a love song for Ricky Wilde is about to be so good. Okay, so good. Okay. All right. And on that <laughs> note, my friends, please follow us on all our social medias, Romantic Lit, on Instagram, on Twitter, on TikTok, um, on YouTube. That's YouTube for some who don't speak my language. And then <laughs> we also, you can also feel free to email us at romantically at gmail.com because we have a lot to say. And I know you do too. So hit us up. Tell us about the books. If you have an African writer who only writes about love, 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 love all the way, send it our way so Dilla can fulfill her destiny. <laughs> um, yeah, that's all I got. You got anything else to say, girl? Yes, I do. If you somehow miss my other two announcements, please watch Champion on Netflix. And um, with that being said, I would also like to say, yeah, and I hope you enjoy this book and get ready for Love Song with Ricky Wilde. All right, cool. Thanks, y'all. Bye. Bye.